we have all heard, go and make disciples. It was God breathed, right? But let's back up to the reason we were called to make disciples, our salvation. Without it, we can't disciple to others. Therefore, we can't make disciples. We are also called to be faithful in it all and draw near to the Lord. How do we do that? We fight the good fight, we pray, we read his word, and we love. To make disciples means to dig your heels into his word and his will and be hearers and doers of the word, not one or the other. We were entrusted with this gift of discipleship and it all starts in our home. So let's go. Welcome back to another episode of the Entrusted by Him podcast in the home series. Uh, Today's episode is all about how we defend our home with the word of God. Um, And so that two-edged sword that we have been given, right? The importance of knowing God's word, though, and his power will play the entire role into how we do this well. So I'm so glad that you are here Grab a pen and paper. Let's dive in together. Hey, hey, y'all. As I was praying over this series, when God first put it on my heart, I immediately started getting visions for different episodes. And this one was one of the first ones And I know the Lord has been working in my own home and my own heart to be able to speak about this topic. And so with that being said, you can't disciple well in your home if you are not defending your own home. What do I mean by that? Well, there are so many battles going on around us. There is for sure a battle that is going on around us. It is spiritual warfare and maybe right even in your own living room. So here's an example. A few years ago, as I was pregnant with our second baby, Jonah, we were told at the 20-week anatomy appointment that there was something on his heart. It was, uh, they were describing it as a mineral buildup. And I was so worried immediately, of course, you know, naturally as a mom expecting her baby, and then I hear something's wrong with his heart. Um, I was so worried what that meant for his heart development, for his future. And so, um, you know, I began to pray and surrender that worry to God fervently. I mean, diligently, because it was too heavy for me to carry. It was, this worry was just so heavy. And in the midst of that worry, um, just kind of a background, this was a matter of six weeks and a waiting period where we had, we had went to this anatomy scan and then we were told that we had to go to a fetal cardiologist for further scanning. And so that was a six week waiting period that we could get into this doctor, right? So that morning of the actual appointment. So the the morning of the appointment, here I was sitting on the floor of my prayer closet at that time. And I saw a vision of angels and demons fighting over 
my baby. And so let me back up a little bit. If you don't, if you're not familiar, if you haven't followed me for a little while, I'm a big fan of going off into a desolate place. For me, that's my closet as a busy mama and just spending time with the Lord in prayer and studying his word, reading his word. Um, I will mention that's two different things. Um, And this could be anywhere. It doesn't have to be in a closet. It doesn't have to be this fancy place, right? But it is important for us. God calls us to have alone time with him as well as, I know I'm going off on a tangent here, um, as busy moms, that's not always easy. And so it is okay for us to have alone time with the Lord and it is okay for us not. It is okay for us to be able to sit at our kitchen table and read the Bible while our babies play because ultimately what um, more is caught than taught. And so when they see us spending time with the Lord, even though we are reading our Bibles to them as well, they see that we have that relationship with the Lord too. So I actually think both is important, to be honest. I am not, um, I'm not going to tell you to go off a desolate place and then don't study in front of your kids. I think that's, it may be harder to study in front of your kids, but I think it is so good and it's so important. So, okay, back on track. Um, I was literally sitting in the floor of my prayer closet at that time, that morning, early before anybody else got up and I saw, I closed my eyes as I was praying and I felt like the Lord had, had allowed me to see this vision of angels and demons fighting over my baby. And so it was God's army and Satan's team fighting over this baby. And I began to weep and pray. I just kept praying even harder, even more fervently. Um, at one point, I think I started to pray out loud. And as I sat there, this this may be crazy to some listeners. I know the first time I told my husband about it, he kind of looked at me in this odd way, like, what are you talking about? But he knew um, that it was God. And so as I sat there, I felt an actual hand on my shoulder, very, very gently, just the softest touch. I opened my eyes and nothing was there. But I could feel a presence beside me. And so that was, it was just this calming presence. And what was so crazy was while I was praying, I actually was having a hard time breathing. I have severe anxiety that I have suffered through the last few years. And so I've had to kind of learn how to manage that with the Lord and uh, physically in physical ways as well. And so I was having a hard time breathing And as I opened my eyes and I felt this presence beside me, it was so calming. All of a sudden, it was so crazy, so weird. I could suddenly take this deep breath. Like it was like breath was like pushed into my body. I took this deep breath and I began to calm down. And I closed my eyes again and I heard God tell me audibly, nothing's there. That's all I heard was nothing's there. Sure enough, okay, backing up before I get too ahead of myself, I opened my eyes again and I just sat there and I cried and I was just thanking the Lord for that moment with him, um, that he was so clear in that moment that I, so clear in that moment that I knew what he was telling me with that there was nothing wrong with Jonah's heart. And I, I almost couldn't believe it, but at the same time, I believed that God showed me that. And so he was letting me know, um, not only to be calm for myself, but to be calm for the baby and to be calm for my husband. And 
My husband is very calm in stressful situations and I am not. But this time the Lord had given me this peace and this calmness to let me know nothing, nothing's there. So sure enough, we went to the appointment after that. Um, and these three doctors, not just one, but three came in, they looked on this monitor, what seemed like for hours. Um, but three doctors came in to confirm and they literally could not find a single thing wrong with his heart. My husband and I were in complete shock and I keep getting ahead of myself back up a little bit. I let my husband know what happened in that closet before we got to this appointment. And I told him, I told him that God showed me, he told me there was nothing there. And before we get to the appointment, Nathan is like, what, what do you mean? Nothing's there. I'm like, God just told me in the closet, (laughs) just right, just now that nothing's there. There's nothing to be worried about. Um, and so fast forward back to the appointment, they cannot find anything. We were in complete shock, but we knew that God had warned me of that earlier that morning in that six weeks of waiting, I fought and I fought really hard against Satan and his schemes to steal my joy, to steal my peace, to steal my focus from my other child, uh, from my home and discipling in within my home. And so I, I, for some reason, this one thing, it's not always easy to surrender things to the Lord, but for, for whatever reason, uh, probably because this was such a heavy burden, this was probably one of the heaviest burdens I've ever had to carry. And so, um, I surrendered it to him and I just, you know, God, this is yours. I, I cannot fight with this myself. I cannot wrestle this, wrestle with this myself. Um, and I fought with that truth of, you know, no matter what that ultrasound showed me about my baby's heart, that God was on the other side of it and would not leave us to go through anything without him. Even if that meant that something was there on his heart, um, that God was there and he, his provision is so powerful and real and that no matter what was going to happen, he was going to walk through that with us. Um, And so I was, you know, in that process, defending my home as well. And, you know, I was praying for my marriage, my only son at the time, um, and for this sweet unborn baby to, you know, um, just to follow God's will and whatever that looked like in each, each foundation. And so I say that because if we are not fighting against the schemes of the devil, no matter what the circumstances, whether it's heavy like that, or even if it's light, no matter what it is, even if, like I said, it's heavy. And when I say light, I'm thinking of, uh, you know, just a fear that, that Satan has allowed you to believe about something in your life. If we're not fighting against the schemes of the devil, we will let him take over our minds. And then that will affect our faithfulness to God's will. That will, that will affect our obedience, right? So when we fight against Satan with our two-edged swords, God's word, he really can't win. Um, Ephesians 6, 10 through 11 says this, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. 
And I'll stop there really quick because God is the one who gives us that strength. If we feel too weak to do something, all we have to do is ask our Heavenly Father to be our strength and to give us His, His, you know, His holy strength to work through or get through or do something that He has called us to do. So, uh, verse 11 says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. So we see here that we are actually called to put on the entire armor of God, the whole armor of God, not just parts of the armor, but the entirety of it. The belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spirit, which like we're talking about today is God's word. And so this is, this is so that we can stand against the schemes that the enemy tries to devour us with. God gives us our equipment. In 2 Samuel twenty two thirty three, it says, For who is God except the Lord? Who but our God is a solid rock? God is my strong fortress, and he makes my way perfect. And so I want to clarify something for anybody who doesn't know the Lord in that verse. He is not saying that he makes our lives perfect. Um, he's saying that in the way that we walk, when we are abiding in him, and we are following in the footsteps of Christ, wearing the whole, ar- whole armor of God every day, um, you know, just abiding in Christ and following him. He will be with us every step of that way. And he is perfect. And so with him, everything that we do or say or think as we are abiding in him and in, in working, um, you know, building that foundation with him, that relationship with him, um, we start to look more like Jesus as humility starts to set in. And so this, this way that he's talking about is our obedience and our faithfulness. Um, it's not perfect in the sense that the world says is perfect. Um, and so it is that he is with us and he is the one that is perfect. Um, there is only one God And there's only one that is as mighty and powerful as he is. And so the only one who is sovereign over the world is he. And with that being said, guys, we can see that Satan is not equal in power. Like he is not the um, opposite, if you will, to God. God is the only one as powerful as he is. Like, I mean, literally, he is the only one that is sovereign um, and has that that powerful and that um, that sovereignty about him. He's the only one that is those things. That is why we see the Bible repeatedly say the light will shine in the darkness. Darkness literally cannot live where light is. This would mean that if you are saved, if you are a born again believer, you gave your life to Christ and you follow and abide in him you have the Holy Spirit living inside you, a supernatural power, a supernatural um, being inside of you. Um, and you have the very sacred power from the Holy Spirit. So with that being said, trans, you know, transitioning a little bit to talking about uh, sacred power for a minute. The Hebrew word for sacred is kadosh. If I pronounce that wrong, 
I'm sorry. <laughs> Kadash is an adjective meaning holy. And the noun and verb forms are holiness and sanctification, which are repeated in the Bible to describe God multiple times. So, with that in mind, according to Webster's Dictionary, the word sacred means dedicated or set apart for the service or worship of a deity. These facts, okay, about the meaning of this phrase, sacred power, help us to think deeply about our life and how God is sovereign over every detail. And in the Christian view, in the Christian world, we know that God is the one that is the deity that we follow and worship. He's the only God. And so that sacred power would be translated to part of the Trinity, the Godhead, which would be the Holy Spirit, who lives in us as we are born again in Christ. This means that the Holy Spirit is the one who is the sacred power or Kadash. So if we have the Holy Spirit living residing inside of us, we have the authority over evil. We have the authority over any, any of Satan's powers and teams, his schemes, uh, you know, any, anybody that's working with Satan and the power from Christ to defend our homes and family with God's very words. This would be praying out loud, uh, writing scripture all over your walls, talking about it daily, meditating on it daily, uh, you know, and teaching these, teaching it to our littles daily, um, discipling daily. This is how we fight our battles. Literally, that is how we fight our spiritual battles is with the word of God, that two-edged sword. So let's take what we've learned about God's word and fill our homes with it and use it to defend and stand against all of the schemes of the devil. After all, your home is where discipleship starts. Come back for another episode diving deeper into the home and this precious sacred calling that we have here. Thank you guys so much for being here and tuning in. If you wouldn't mind to just take a second and go rate and review this podcast and subscribe so that we can bump this up and let others hear the good news of Jesus and everything that he has entrusted to us. Thank you guys again so much for tuning in and I hope that you have a blessed week.